Hello and welcome to the Bikes or Death podcast. My name is Patrick and I'm your host. This is a show that talks about bikepacking, adventuring, and the cool people who make up the sport. On this show, I got a chance to uh, sit down with a guy named Chris Stevenson. He's currently um, on the Adventure Cycling Association Southern Tier Route, so that goes from California to Florida. And I just found out about a year and a half ago that it goes through a little town in Texas called Navasota, which is about 18 miles north of me. Ever since I found that out, I've been kind of watching social media, seeing if I could um, find somebody who was riding across America. And I was going to you know, offer to go and pick them up and ride with them for a little bit and um, yeah, pick them up, give them a place to crash for the night and feed them and let them take a shower um yeah so i about a month ago i saw uh chris on instagram and he was on the southern tier route i saw he's come on my way so i reached out to him and sure enough he uh took me up on my offer went and picked him up brought him home and uh got cleaned up and uh turns out he had some mechanicals and it was a good thing that i did pick him up Um, because he probably wouldn't have made it too much further. And to the east of us, there's not going to be a lot of options for bike shops and whatnot. But I'm going to put that story on hold uh, for a little bit. I'm going to let the episode play, and then I'm going to pick that back up afterwards and kind of do the rest of the story afterwards. And Because after we recorded it, we there was some drama (laughs) Um, or bike bike mechanical issues. Um, I've been waiting for an opportunity like this. Originally, I wasn't doing a podcast and I was just gonna you know, hang out with a cyclist, but ever since I started doing a podcast, I really wanted an opportunity to just pick up a stranger and go, uh, I told my wife when I left the house, I was like, all right, babe, I'm gonna go uh, pick up a stranger and bring him home. And that's what I did, <laughs> and it turned out to be great. Uh, we did a podcast and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, all right. Uh, if you would like to keep up with me and the show, you can find me on Instagram at bikes or death. I also just started a Facebook group. Um, so you can find bikes or death on Facebook now. And if you would like to support this show, please head over to Patreon and find me there at bikes or death. If you listen to the last episode, I've started a promotion. Uh, if you join for just $1 a month, I'm going to send you a sticker. That's it. Just $1 a month. And I got to give a huge shout out to everybody who has signed up so far. Um, Ever since that last episode, I got like, I think it was six or seven new patrons. And that's freaking awesome. The the funny thing about it was that I got so many that Patreon sent me an email and they shut down my account or yeah, they, they suspended my account for suspicious activity. So I got so many new Patreons that they thought something fishy was going on. So that's my new goal. Every every month I want to shut down Patreon due to suspicious activity. I think that'd be great. And all that means is I can still use Patreon. You can still go and pledge your support. The only thing is that the money just sits there in Patreon and I can't touch it, which is actually fine. I just leave it there. And once I get to like $400, I'm going to buy this new fancy equipment that's going to be primo for uh, audio recording, especially doing like multiple guests. So anyway, enough of the business. Thanks, everyone. Now, here's the show. I came in the door. I said it before. I never let the mic. 
You ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm sitting down with Chris Stevenson. Stevenson. Hey, I got it right. That's pretty good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm actually really excited about this because I live in College Station, Texas, which is 20-ish miles south of Navasota. And Navasota is on the American Cycling Association's southern tier route. And ever since I realized that I was, um, you know, so close to the route, I've been waiting kind of like stalking Instagram, waiting for somebody like to be coming through and it's going to, you know, firstly, I wanted to just offer him a place to stay. I wanted to offer him food, warm shower, couch, backyard, whatever you need. Like I definitely want to get that. And then also the opportunity to, to talk to somebody. So I've been waiting for someone to roll through for a long time. I saw Chris on Instagram like a month ago. I was like, Oh shit. Where's he going? Is he going west? He's going east. I'm like, oh, okay. He's going my way. I'm gonna reach out and uh, see if he'd like to uh, to come hang out. So yeah, man. Thanks for accepting my like random internet message to come and hang out at my house and do a podcast. Oh yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It's good to uh, see some, meet some new people, meet some nice people, and get some food and shelter. Yeah. How was that brisket today? Really good. <laughs> really good. Yeah. I had to show him some Southern hospitality and I uh, smoked a brisket all day today and I think it turned out pretty good. I think it was actually one of my better briskets. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Right on. So uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me or tell everyone who's listening, like what, what is this route that you're doing? Cause there's a lot of people that might, might not be familiar with the Southern tier or whatever. Oh, so the American cycling association put together a couple, there's probably a bazillion different routes all over the United States. And, um, I was going through a change of employment and it just happened to be the winter time. And that's when they do this Southern tier route. You stay South, you know, Arizona, Texas and that, um, and I was perfect time, you know, and they say good time to leave is March, you know, um, that way you're not driving to riding through the desert, um, with 120 degrees. So, um, I, I went at it and I, I, um, just figured it was an ultimate adventure. I've done some couple bike packing adventures, hundred, 200 miles, but this is like, pretty big one not much for the for the road ride but it was just an adventure yeah why why this route i mean it so if you got time off from work you're in between jobs what what made you pick like this route because like you said there's a bazillion routes out there what what was it about this one that basically it was a time of year you know i uh i closed out my last year at snm bikes I wanted to make a change this year, you know, with my life and stuff. So I, uh, I quit there and, um, and I was kind of between jobs and I was like, you know, I might as well do this. I turned 45 this year and, um, I just, you know, I might as well do this as this is a perfect time. Who gets to take two months off work? Nobody. I don't know. That's why I wanted to find out like how that. So it's like, I, I knew I was quitting, 
And um, it was, I, I'm going to have to grab it. I'm going to have to do it now because I don't know if it, this opportunity will will arise anytime soon. You know? Right. Yeah. I'm How many times are you going to be, yeah, at this age and this yeah. condition and have the time available to be able to ride across America on your bike? Yeah. Like how many people can do that? <laughs> very, very, very small percentage, you know. Have you seen any other uh, cyclists doing the route route on your ride so far? I have seen some different people. Um, sometimes if it's in the middle of the day and we're riding past each other and there's traffic, it's just kind of a wave. Um, I did end up in like a hostel in, I can't remember the town, but it was in New Mexico. And a couple of dudes were staying there too. They're going the exact opposite way. They're going Florida to San Diego. And um, we had dinner. We had got some barbecue and I just talked about stuff. And they gave me an idea of what I was looking at. That's cool. And I gave them an idea what what they were looking at, you know. And now we follow each other. So I saw some of their posts and stuff. They're in Arizona right now. So they're trucking right along. Are those the only ones you've seen on the route so far? Yeah, pretty much. Those are the guys that, yeah, I hung out and talked to and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering how many people before, I mean, I knew you were coming here. I knew you were pedaling. So for people who are listening, Chris... Uh, slept in Bastrop, which Bastrop, which is like 80 miles away, and I've got a. I'm leaving tomorrow to go on my wedding anniversary, and so I was like, dude, if you can come here tonight, that's awesome. We'll like feed you, we'll clothe you, we'll you know not clothe you, we'll bathe. I'm not gonna bathe you either. <laughs> Give you a shower, you can bathe yourself, but <laughs> I'll feed you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll do all that. So anyway, he put in a, a big push today to get here. Um, which is awesome. So uh, while, while I was thinking about you coming and interviewing, I was imagining to myself, like how many people actually do this route? You know, cause I, like I said, I've been trying to find somebody that's posted online. And I mean, I don't know how you find someone that's doing it, you know, unless you read their blog or they're on Instagram or Facebook or something. They're like, Hey, I'm doing it. I don't know, you know, how to find someone that's doing the route. So, um, I was like, man, how many people like can take off, you know, two months from life and just push pause and go ride their bike across the country? You, it's either like young people that don't care about working. Uh, and that's very small percentage, but a lot of the blogs and stuff that I read were like older people that have retired, mm-hmm. you know, I've, you know, read different blogs of people and a lot of them are older people and they just kind of truck right along and take their time. You know, you got certain people that have the, the husband's doing it and the wife's following along in the RV. So she'll be at the stop. And then when the guy's done for the day, they sleep in the RV, you know, in the camp. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. If you got a wife that's up for that, you know, that's perfect. Like I could go for that. Yeah, totally. On the subject, where have, where have you been sleeping? You know what? I, man, like I said, I turned 45 this year and I'm doing 80 mile, 60 mile days. I'm getting hotels, <laughs> you know? I'm, I may not be as hardcore as those 20 somethings, you know, by camping out every night, but, and I'm probably depleting my savings. But fuck, man, after those days, I want a bed. 
Yeah. Or shower. Fuck tired. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> and I have my one man tent in my sleeping bag and I've pulled it out like twice. <laughs> and the one time the shit was all wet and I folded it up all wet. And the other time I was blew away because um, of the winds. And um, I was sleeping on the hard ground and I just wanted that, you know, nice, cozy room. So, so before doing uh, this route, you said, I think the, like the longest route you did was like 200 miles. Mm-hmm. What for people like listening, like what's it like to like get on your bike in California and decide that you're going to ride across the United States and you never know what every day is going to be like and where you're going to sleep and what you're going to eat. And like, I don't know what, what is that like? Can you put that into words at all? Um, you know, some people, you know, and I think a, a lot of these blogs that I read with the older people, they had all mapped out. Like, we're staying here and here and here. Mm-hmm. They they kind of had, like, a plan. And I had a general plan. Um, but my deal is one day at a time. One day at a time. I'm riding to that town. It's 50 miles, 60 miles, whatever miles away. I'm going to get a hotel in that town, you know? And and I don't think about really the days ahead. I think about that one day, mm-hmm. you know, that one town. And 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 because if I think about the whole big picture, it's overwhelming. It is, you know. So my best advice is, you don't think that you, I'm gonna go ride across America, because I don't think about that. I think I'm riding to this town. I'm gonna meet up with one of my buddies. Or I'm gonna get some food and I'm gonna sleep and that's it. What's your biggest motivator whenever you're you're riding to that town? Like, is it the is it the food, the the bed, and the sh- hot shower? Or what what's your biggest motivator? Pretty much all that stuff. Yeah, you know. And and there's been a couple of real long stretches, and you just kind of get in survival mode. Like I, I'm not just gonna. St- stop and just sit on the side of the road. I got to keep on moving. As long as you're moving, you're good. You know, just, you know, see the sights, stop, take some photos. Um, but as long as you start early and keep moving, you'd be surprised where you go. I know I am. What's it like to go from like working a job and, you know, have an apartment and your dog and your cat and your girlfriend. And like, now you're just, you're out there by yourself. I mean, what is that like? (laughs) It's, it's, I've done some, like in the past years, what I would do is I'd take a month long road trip every summer and I would go and visit bike shops, you know, and I, you know, promote S and M and fit bikes. Um, and uh, I would take a week and I would meander. I'd take a week to get out to Ohio, spend a week with my folks and then take a week to get back. So, I would either take the high road up Montana, Idaho, and stuff like that, and I'd take my bike or whatever in my van, and um, and do so. I'd be gone a lot, you know, like a month. And luckily, my girlfriend was good with that, and the animals are kind of good with that. But <laughs> you know, so I already had the general, you know. But two months this is taking is just it's kind of kind of long. Yeah. You know? Are you lonely? You get lonely, um, you get bored. Um, I wouldn't say that. I'm in constant contact with my girlfriend, my parents, and all my friends and stuff. 
um, a lot of thinking, a lot of, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) a lot of thinking like, uh, I, I actually, I brought an iPod to listen to music and I've only listened to it a handful of times because there's something about when you ride your bike, you got all your senses, your, your, you see everything, you smell everything, you hear everything. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's real. <laughs> you know, I love music. I listen to music constantly all day long, but there's something about feeling everything when you're riding. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's interesting. I can't imagine. Well, I can a little bit. I've had little doses where you go off into the wilderness or you go on a bike ride and you're completely disconnected from everything for like a week, you know? Yeah. And that's nice. Oh God. But yeah. at the end of the week, God, I want a beer and I want, I want civilization again. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you appreciate, you appreciate it. And then whenever you're in civil civilization, you're like, man, I got to get back in the woods. I got to go. I got to ride my bike. I got to mm-hmm. get out there and, you know, do something. I'm yep. going to stir crazy. Yeah. There's a happy medium there. It's just hard to get there. Yeah. You know, what's your, uh, what's your favorite state so far on the route? So yeah, you're going from California to Florida. So you've gone through California, uh, Arizona, Arizona New, Mexico. New Mexico. Now you're in Texas. In Texas. Yeah. Um, I love Arizona. I really like Arizona and it's probably cause I've been there you know, many times it's right next door. It's a great place for mountain biking. And I know a handful of people. Um, I like Arizona. New Mexico wasn't bad. Um, and Texas has been really good. Um, but who knows? I still got a couple more States ahead of me. Right. You know, Arizona is trying to put themselves on the map as a bike packing destination. I don't know. You, well, you've been on the road, but recently, like within the last few months, I've been reading articles about how, you know, the state's getting, the state is like realizing the opportunities that could come through bike packing and cycling, cycling tourism, you know, people coming because Arizona, it's nice. Well, it can get hot, but in the winter you can go there and you can ride your bike. You know, you can't do that everywhere. Yeah. And it's got the best of both worlds because it's got that desert area, you know, and like you said, it's a little too hot during, during the summer, but man, during the summer, you can go to Flagstaff and stuff and it's, it's kind of awesome up there, you know, so you can mix it up. You could be a snowbird just in Arizona alone, you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. I like Arizona, and and I've done a couple of bike packing adventures there. I did um, one called the Queen's Ransom with this guy John, two hundred mile loop that he put together, and he incorporated the AZT, the Hawes Trail, and whatever some of those more popular trails are, and it was rad. We camped out and filtered water, and did the whole deal, and then um, a couple years later, me and some buddies from California drove out there and did a hundred mile similar loop we hit some of the same stuff and same thing filtered water and camped out it was pretty rad it which one do you prefer the touring the the hotel tours with gas station and restaurants or getting out in the fucking middle of nowhere and you know survival man you're in it 
getting out in the middle of nowhere as long as you got all your stuff, you know? <laughs> and I got that water filter and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, That's a good point. You can do yeah. anything if you have the right gear. You yeah. can do anything yeah. if you have the right gear. Yeah, totally. To go there and the experience to back it up, you know, which, you know, only comes with riding your bike. We were talking about that earlier, how like we were talking about the gear and I don't, I don't personally focus too much on the gear, you know, like, the gear is kind of secondary, secondary to the experience. I, I want to be outside doing, seeing, going, and I, I want right, to have the right gear to get me there. But, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of secondary. You know, I want to I have what I need with me to be able to do whatever I want to do. And yeah. that, that's a neat thing. Like right now you're riding across America. We're sitting in my house right now. I got a car, AC, we got a refrigerator, we got all the luxuries of life. And you you have everything that's on your bike. That's all you need. Like there's something super empowering about that. And it's, I don't know, it's Just good. Simplicity, yeah. Simplicity, man. It, it puts life into perspective when you realize that this is all I really need. Like yeah. I'm living, I'm satisfied. I'm seeing, I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Like this is, this is all I really need. And like, once you have that perspective, you come back to real world and you're like, I mean, this is nice. I don't need it though, you know, but it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, shoot, I got two pairs of boxers, two pairs of socks, two t-shirts and a couple long sleeves, you know, what else do you need? Yeah. A bike to so, get you where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your bike actually. Now we're on the subject. Um, why don't, why don't you tell like, yeah, what bike you riding and a little bit about your gear and your setup? Oh, okay. I got, I got the Surly ECR that I bought a couple of years back. Um, and I've changed some stuff about it. I bought it complete and then I got a aftermarket, uh, wheel set with the generator front hub. So when I do some of these things, I can charge my phone or whatever. What, what hub are you running? It's the Alpine, whatever it's called, the Shimano. Okay, yeah, the Shimano. Yeah. And um, I have that roll-off rear hub, that internally geared hub. It's like a little tranny, you know? Um, that's pretty sick because, I mean, you don't have to mess around with derailleur and stuff like that if anything goes wrong, you know? So I like that. It's kind of heavy, but I like that thing. Um I, uh, put is a, it worth the price? Oh man, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the price. Okay. For <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest barrier. Like I see so many people using them. I get it. The simplicity, it's all yeah. internal. You got one chain, you're not shifting, you know, well you are shifting, but it's internal. It is. You don't have to derail your, over, the, yeah. 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 I mean, I get it, but then I see the price tag, and I'm like, ooh, I don't get it that much. Yeah, yeah, it's a little hefty. I, uh, I'm i good at saving money, and, I'll, and I won't spend it on frivolous things, but, man, I'll spend it on my bike, you know, yeah. if there's something I want, you know, so. Yeah, I get that. I yeah. Well, we were talking about a post I made earlier on Instagram where my bike costs more than my vehicle. I recently, like had a nice, nice truck, F-150, you know, like four, like it was a, it was a nice truck, right? It's like, you know what? Screw all this. I'm going to go back, get a 1991 Toyota 4Runner, 
$3,500 runs great. It's fine. Like it's, it's totally fine. It gets you where you need to go. What else do you need from a vehicle? Yeah. You need to go somewhere. Point you a, hop in your B. car yep. and you go get there. I'm not getting any, I'm not getting a lot out of that, but I get a lot out of my bike. And so it makes sense just logically that my bike is more expensive than my car. Like yeah. my bike brings me happiness. It takes me places that I want to be. I get experiences and all that stuff. So like, it it just it's more logical that like yeah you you put your money and your energy and your time into the things that bring you bring you happiness and joy and yeah all that I have a lot more fun riding my bike than I do driving my car exactly <laughs> yeah so why am I gonna spend thirty forty fifty thousand dollars on a car yeah it's like dude I I mean I've been thinking about it I'm like you get navigation and it tells you what the temperature is outside and hooks up to Bluetooth and you got power, everything. I don't even have this, uh, uh, ABS brakes. What is that? What is ABS brakes? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have that. You don't need it. You just need to be paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah. So you see that that guy stopped and stop in time, you know, but yeah, yeah, totally. Well, it goes back to, you don't really need all of this stuff. People just, I guess, want it, yeah. you know? You, you you could run the simplest thing in the world, you know? Like a bike? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Across America? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, this actually, that reminded me about um, your Instagram. Uh, so everybody knows on Instagram you have like a profile and you can say, you know, what, what you're doing. And all yours says is, this life confuses me. What, what about this life confuses you? Um... Just what we're talking about, you know, um, I, and this is just me personally, I always thought it was confusing to buy a new car. Um, maybe because I didn't make that much money, but I was like, why I'm always the guy that like, and I learned when I was real young from my dad, it's like, if you don't have the money for it, you don't get it. So it saved my money and buy stuff outright. And I've always done that with my cars, my everything, you know. Um, I never wanted to finance anything. I was like, man, I don't be paying 500 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month for this car for the next 5, 10 years. I'm just not into that, you no. know. I'm not that committed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I would, I would want a car and I'd save up three grand or whatever, five grand maybe. And just buy it right out, you know. Then I don't have to worry about it, you know. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, when you when you finance a car, you know they want you to get the top of the line insurance because you don't own it. The bank does, and yeah. So those are some of the things. Like, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And we talked about before. I don't believe in marriage. Um, and these are some of the things that confuse me. It's like it's just how how, how life is, you know. People that are in debt have tons of credit. I pay with everything, everything in cash, and I have zero credit. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm good. I don't owe anyone anything, but I'm like less of a person because I'm not in debt. Yeah, it's fucking confusing. It is confusing. <laughs> yeah, the world is set up. I mean, we live in a capitalistic society where. Where everyone's debt ridden. You need to have a credit card. You can't establish credit without a credit card. You can't have a credit card unless you have debt that you're paying interest on. 
Like, how is that a good model? Okay. To show that you're a good financially sound human, you need to open a credit card that has 23% interest rate, put everything you own on that, and then make bad decisions, <laughs> you know, to be able to uh, finance it. Like, it, See, that's the kind of stuff that confuses me. Yeah. Because I have a credit card and I pay it off every month. But again, I don't have any credit. Like, you know, like. What about working when you're 45 years old, when you could be out riding? I would rather ride, but everyone. You are. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get a job. I'm not worried about that when I get back. Um, I just, you know, I needed a break, you know, and I saved, you know, I saved a bunch of money because I don't have a car payment or mortgage or anything like that. I saved a bunch of money, so I can do stuff like this, you know, and enjoy life because I tell you what, man, you can have a bunch of shit and then something happens, you you fall ill and get some crazy disease and you die the next day. Mm-hmm. And you spent your whole fucking life in a cubicle. Yeah. You know, I'm not telling everyone to go quit their job, <laughs> but you know, enjoy, it's important. enjoy what you got. Take some time off and go out and ride or hike or yeah, get out there. It doesn't matter what you do as long as it's whatever you want to be doing. Yeah. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that earlier. Whenever I picked you up, um, on the way home, I, we were talking about, I don't know how we got on the subject, but you know, your, your time on this earth is limited. And my, my father passed away from cancer at 57 years old. And that, that opened up a whole new reality for me of you have to take advantage of the time that you have. Like all you have is this moment. I like, I think about it as a cyclist. Sometimes all I'm doing is looking at that rock in front of my tire, you know, like all I can do is, Okay, can I roll over that rock? Can I roll over that rock? Can I make it over that hill? Can I get to the next town? Those are the moments that I live in, you know, but those are the moments I want to be in. What I don't want to be is like the guy sitting in a cubicle, like you said, and just getting on Instagram and YouTube and seeing what everybody else is doing. Yeah, watching everyone else have fun. Watching everybody else, man. Yeah. It's a weird world we live in, you know? Like, yeah. I'm I'm almost 40 years old, and I think about this stuff. It's like, how much do I want to work right now? Like, I don't have a lot of, I mean, let's say I got 20 years, 25 years. I want to maximize those 20 or 25 years where I can, like, go and ride my bike and tour across America or go do whatever I want to do hike or bike or swim or whatever. After that, your body gives up and that's whenever I should be working, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I, anyway, I, I, I sympathize with it because it's a constant struggle of like, you know, taking care of the financial and the responsibilities of being a human and also enriching your life through activities biking outdoors whatever you're into you know but i think as long as people are like trying you know they they have a, a desire to to go and to do um you know you don't have to it doesn't take a lot it doesn't take a lot to get re-energized like you don't need to go on a, a two-month tour across america to 
reboot your battery. My, uh, my wife and I just did a trip. We live about like 50 minutes away from Sam Houston national forest, which I think you rode through part part, or you will tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that coming up tomorrow, but you'll ride, you'll ride through a little bit of that. It's only 50 miles away, 50 minutes. We drove there, you know, set up our hammocks between two Loblolly Pines that night. I've never seen so many fireflies in my life, you know, like we're, it's just me and her in the middle of hundreds of acres of Loblolly Pines. And for four hours, it was thousands and thousands of fireflies. As far as you can see, high, low, dense. It was like a Christmas, Christmas light show just popping off, you know. We're cooking good food, and it was just amazing, you know. And then the next day, we, we loaded up our bikes, and we rode to a, a hidden lake in Sam Houston, Sam Houston National Forest. Most people don't know about it. Top secret top secret i'm not telling i'm not telling <laughs> not telling because you know what we did naked yoga on a pier you know like i don't want people there i want to be able to like enjoy that spot and you get to spots like that because you earn them you know not because somebody told you about it like you found that spot whatever like that's your spot so yeah. um but my point is like you don't have to do the crazy long adventures like you can do the quick overnighters and that trip was one of the favorite trips I've ever taken all the places I've been all the trips I've done going 50 miles away with my wife spending two days wait no three days yeah we were two and a half days outside you know just spent a a long weekend in in the wilderness um man that's all you need you know to like get you reset and then you can come back to civilization and you can focus on your job, focus on family work, whatever you need to do. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get out there and do it, man. I think you do. Yeah. You definitely got to mix it up. And even just one nighters are are totally good. You know, what do you do, uh, there in California? What's your, what's your go-to if you're going to just step away for a quick one? Um, you know what? I mean, I like I told you, I moved out to the canyon area, and the Cleveland National Forest is my backyard. So I I go on hikes every morning with my dog. We go hike back there, and as long as it's during the week in the morning, there's no one back there, you know? So I, I get little, little getaways every morning, you know? That's awesome. And then I'll go, sometimes I'll go riding up there, you know, and again, during the week, in the morning, there's no one up there. You know, I got it all to myself. And um, we got a lot of rain this year. So the the creek's running, and uh, it's just kind of nice back there, you know. Man, in it's California, really cool. you've all been, like, uh, rain-deprived for a while, haven't you? Oh, yeah, it goes on and off. You know, yeah. but this season, we got a lot of it rain. It was good. It was a good, good actually, year. It actually snowed. What in 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 this little area we're at eighteen hundred foot, and um, it actually snowed one day. It was kind of crazy. How I mean, rare it, it, is that? It's very rare. It only happens once in a blue moon, but um, it melted the next day. But you know, it was still like wow. Hey, I'm know? in Texas. I appreciate snow. Yeah, it's like you you see like a few little tiny specks. You're like, yeah. it's snowing. 
Yeah. It's snowing. Call off school. Yeah. The buses are shut down. The kids can't <laughs> Close go. Close the whole town down. Close it down. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that reminds me, man. I'll be. I'm mad about this. Earlier, my wife was telling you about that uh, three inches that we got. We got three inches in College Station, Texas. Lived here my whole life. That's like the most we've ever got. They didn't cancel school. I'm I'm still mad about that because like how many times there's nothing more valuable in that classroom than like, you know, there, there's nothing that's going to happen in that classroom that's more valuable than letting those kids like stay home and build a snow snow and enjoy uh, it. Yeah. Do a snow fight, like snowball fight, all that stuff. Like, anyway, I'm still bitter about yeah, that. They one. got days set aside for that. I'm surprised they didn't do it. Not in know? Texas. We don't got days set aside for that. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe well, we do. I mean, I'm like, not an like, educator, <laughs> you know, shit. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so we actually got derailed from talking about your gear. I think we were talking about, your hub yeah and so the this is one thing that we were talking about earlier too is like for me like the gear is not a huge factor in my life like i want the right gear and i want the right equipment to be able to go out and do the things that i like to do but i realize that there's a lot of people out there that are interested in maybe doing exactly what you're doing you know, but they're like, well, what do I need? What kind of bike do I need? What kind of tent do I need? What kind of filtration system? Like whatever it is like, yeah. So tell, tell us about your gear. Well, see, here, here's the other weird thing. So the bike is a Surly ECR. It's an off-road touring bike. And, um, I wasn't going to buy another bike. You know, this thing's got big three inch tires on it, you know? Um, but I was going to kind of modify it to make it a little bit more street friendly. Um, certainly does the extraterrestrial tire. It's a two and a half. It's still kind of big probably for what I'm doing. But I'm carrying around a lot of weight. That freaking bike weighs like 80 pounds. So I just put those on. They're a little bit smaller tire. And some of those shoulders that I'm riding in are kind of rough. And there's there's metal. I mean, I drove over and nailed today. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. I got lucky today was the first day I had a problem with a flat, yeah. you know, and I'm more than halfway. So, um, I got them set up with stands and stuff like that. So I put a plug in it and kept on going. Um, so mine isn't like your typical, uh, road touring bike. Um, but fuck, it works for me, man. Mm -hmm. I put a basket up in the front. I put the the uh, racks on it. Um, Why'd you go with racks over, um, you know, the uh, panniers? I, 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 I kind of set everything like a bike packing, like an off-road one. I kind of set it up that way. Everything's centered, you know? Um, I got the, the seat bag and then I laid like a handlebar bag over that on the back stacked up. And then I got the basket with like a bag in it with food and stuff. And then I got the frame bag, you know, and not, not like pannier style that are off to the side. So it's kind of set up like an off-road one, you know, cause how'd you come to that setup? Because that's what I did before, you know, and I wasn't going to buy new shit. I was yeah. like, I'm just going to use my stuff that I got and just make it work. Yeah. You I know? love that. 
Yeah. So and the basket's kind of cool, man. Why? Because um, I can just set my water bottles right in it, you know? Yeah. So catch I, all, just yeah. throw shit in there and yeah, go. Yeah, totally, you know? So it works for me, you know? Yeah. What? So you're, 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 his bike is so fucking heavy. It takes two. We were putting in my bike rack today and it like took both of us giving it a good effort to get in oh, the yeah. bike rack. It's I think it a, weighs more than 80 pounds. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 85. I don't so know. what, what are you carrying on that bike? Like, um, water, so food, clothing, water, food. I got, you know, the clothing I mentioned, I have a one man tent with a sleeping bag. Um, and I got tools too, tools and stuff to fix a bike in case I have any issues. Um, it's a full chromoly bike, you know, and it's got those racks on it, and uh, that hub's heavy, you mm-hmm. know. That roll off, yeah. And um, plus the Shimano hub too, the front hub, that yeah. Dynamo, they weigh a decent chunk. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's like a tank, but I wanted something stout, um, you know, something that was just. I figure something like nice and stout, like built like a tank, you're not going to have as many problems with it, especially with all that weight on it, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I can definitely relate to that. Like that's one thing that I would really like to see change in this industry is like you needing the exact right gear. I love the run what you brung, uh, mentality. Like my first bikepacking trip I ever did, was actually with my wife and I had like, I really wanted to go. I mean, I was super hopped up and fired, fired up to go and do a trip. I mean, once I found out about bikepacking, I was all in, you know, camping, biking together outside. Boom. I'm in. So I had a, uh, Trek Damani 5.2 or something. It's a, it's a carbon road bike, you know, uh, I put 28 C tires on there with tubeless you know, sealant loaded it all up with, uh, you know, I've got the sal- the salsa, anything cage or crater or whatever it is for the front bag, had some top two bags, had a huge seat bag, put everything in there. My wife, she was riding the exact opposite. She was on a full suspension giant, uh, mountain bike with big ass tires on them. And, you know, we loaded her bike up and, you know, we, we rode 65, 60 miles or whatever to the national forest. We're on gravel roads with big ass freaking, you know, chunky rocks. I don't want 28 C tires. I'm having the time of my life, you know, like there's nothing better. I don't don't know. Like it, it just, it didn't matter. The equipment didn't matter. I wasn't on the right shit. She wasn't on the right shit. We were on like the two worst bikes you could possibly be on, but that was a great trip. You know, like we did it. We just went and we just rode what we had. Some of it was shit. Some of it was wrong, but it didn't matter because we had a great time. We got to a cool place. We camped, we drank whiskey, whiskey. We ate uh mountain house meals with our tire levers because I forgot silverware. <laughs> you know, I remember that. Nice. <laughs> like, but that's a good tip, actually. If you ever, like, forget your silverware, tire levers actually work pretty well as a spoon. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I just think that that's cool that, like, 
I don't know. We we get so wrapped up in having the right gear, the right tire, the right bag, the right this or that. When that's not what's important. Like you're on a bike, it works. It might not be the right bike. You might not have all the right gear, but it doesn't stop you from going out and doing it. Yeah, there there are no rules, man. No you know? rules. Like you just run what you brung, like you said. It's uh like my kid <laughs> like a, a true like touring person would probably look over and just think I was a vagrant, you know, <laughs> seriously. So my setup is all dark and it's got a bunch of stickers on it. It's got a basket on the front of it, okay? I may or may not have my helmet on, depending on how I feel that day. I've cut off Dickies. Um, I got these weird hiking shoes on. And, um, yeah, I don't even look like a bike touring guy. Right. You know? You look like a homeless guy. I totally do. Yeah. My mom was worried. and My parents and stuff, oh, my God, you're going on this thing. And, you know, uh, it's, it's so crazy and stuff like that. I said, listen, Ma, no, nothing's going to happen to me. You think I'm a fucking homeless guy, a vagrant guy. <laughs> so no one's going to rob me. No one's going to mess with me. <laughs> no They're just going to feel sorry for me. No one knows that roll-off hub costs two grand or more. Yeah. You know, like no one knows yeah, that. They don't, yeah, they don't know any better. Yeah, they yeah. see your tattoos and they see yeah. like what you're wearing. And like, oh my gosh. Like they just don't want to get close to you so they don't have to smell you. you know? Yeah, like, that's the, all they're thinking. The, the, the tweak speed, you know. The tweak speed? Yeah. What's, yeah. That's a new one. I haven't heard that before. The tweaker speed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Has anyone thought you were homeless? No one said anything. Um, but I imagine some people probably have looked at especially when for you're sure. when you're out in the middle of nowhere, they probably just feel bad for you. But when you're in a city looking the way I look, they probably do think I'm homeless. Yeah. Like the homeless encampments over there, dude. <laughs> you know, they're pointing me over in that direction. Yeah, the food line's over there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I've only had one person, and I was wearing, like, lycra. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't even dressed in, like, just street clothes. But I had all my bags, and I was on a I was on a ride. And uh, went into a gas station. An old lady was like, honey, I know you're having a hard time. Here's $10, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. You don't understand this car. This bike costs more than your car. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here for fun, you know? <laughs> People just don't understand. It's, and I get it. It's, it's a weird thing, man. It's, 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 it's weird in that it's not what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Everybody else is like trying to get the big house and the nice car and the nice job and, nice jewelry or I don't even know what people are trying to do, but yeah. it's like they don't understand that somebody just wants to strip all that away and just live life. They just want to experience it. Every moment of it, the weather, the environment, whatever it is, like there's something about just experiencing this life and being a part of it just brings tremendous value to your life. And it's hard to explain, you know, you just, yeah. Hopefully you can inspire other people to go out there and experience for themselves. Well, yeah, totally. And I was just thinking, you know, the common man doesn't get it. And it made me think just about a day or two ago, I was riding um, on some country road and a guy pulled up next to me in a pickup and uh, he said, hey, you want to ride? 
you going to Bastrop? <laughs> you know? Um, and I was like, no, I'm okay. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. And it, it, like, it almost confused me. First, someone so kind to offer a ride to mm-hmm. someone they don't know. Second off, he probably just thought I was trying to get to town, which I was, but he didn't understand the idea of like being able to ride a ride across country on the bike yeah you know and not get a ride no you're here for fun like you're enjoying this. yeah 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 it was Sometimes. totally confusing but let's I, not be, let's know. not deny the fact that it's hard like what you're doing oh is my god 100 hard yeah i've had so I've fun had some, is like in quotation marks yeah you know? i've had some challenging days what Def- was your definitely. most challenging um doing it's, we've been all unicorns and rainbows so yeah like yeah, tell me the, tell me the, something the um the west going down um portion of of texas following the rio grande down um there was some really like nothing so i mean there's nothing let me let me see here yeah he's gonna in pull the, out his map these, but i can the, tell you being a texan um, we, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll know that I just went out to uh, big Ben ranch state park. You, you know, you will drive for hours, hours without seeing a gas station or anything. I mean, you see other cars on the highway and stuff, but that's it. Like you are in the middle of nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> here's the one I left from Sanderson. Um, and I went to Langtree, I think, and I don't think there was anything really there. Never heard of it. And 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 I eventually got down to Del Rio, and somewhere around there, I camped at this park, and I woke up and went to Comstock, and there really was nothing there. Luckily, there was a little store that I could get water and some some food snacks and stuff like that. Um, but that was like. That was like a hundred miles or more in between those. When I camped out, there was like cold front coming in, and I wake up and the tents blowing away with me in it. Really? You know? Yeah. And the wind was so bad. So not only was I doing tons of miles, I was battling these ten plus um, mile per hour winds coming at my fucking face. Um, and then I got up in the morning. I just. It was cold, like my hands were numb, and I folded all my shit up and just started riding again. <laughs> and I, needless to say, when I got to Del Rio, I loved that hotel room. <laughs> you know, you appreciated it so much more. Okay, oh I got a warm cup of coffee. And I was happy. Yeah. 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 Have you uh, at, at any point have you like thought about tapping out? You're like, fuck, why am I doing this? What am I here? Yeah. <sighs> you know. I definitely said, what have I gotten myself into? But I try to be a man of my word when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But, oh, I've definitely had some, like, fuck this. Definitely. Like, especially with that wind. You know, uphill's one thing. I can kind of deal with that. Because you know there's a downhill. Yeah. You know there's a reward. But with that wind, you go uphill... And you don't really have a downhill because the wind just blew you right back. I know. Like, the, and that was that stretch right there. Like downhill just didn't didn't even matter. 
And, you know, you can go one thing people don't really about, well, may or may not realize about Texas, like hills in Texas are much smaller than they are in other places. So like if you're going down a hill, the gradient is such to where if you have a strong 20 mile headwind, you can't just cruise it. Like you still have to pedal. You, still, you have to pedal to downhill. Yeah. You have to pedal downhill. Yeah. It's a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It would, that, that was definitely a trying little area right there. And it just happened to be when the wind was up. No. Yeah. And anyone that's done this, this, um, this route knows that area. They know what I'm talking about. Is it always the same? I think the wind's just always bad down there. Yeah. You know, I've read different blogs and like either you get lucky and it's at your back or you get not so lucky and it's right at your face. Yeah. How much, uh, how much research did you do about the route? Actually, let me step back one more step. How long before you departed on the trip was it that you decided you were going? That makes sense. Like, how long before you left did you know that you were leaving? Um, I put it together probably in, in my head in December. I think it wasn't until maybe January when I notified my loved ones <laughs> of this, you know? And then I... uh once I said it again, once I said it, you're, you're, you're doing it. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of molded it from the same cloth. I get it. I definitely molded around a while and I said, man, if I say this, I'm doing it, you know? And, uh, that's one way I hold myself accountable. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, once I say it, fuck. All right. Now I gotta do it. Gotta be a man of your words. You do. Yeah. Yeah. We're cut from the same cloth. I've never, the only like claim to fame I have in this life, well, maybe not the only, I've, you know, I've done other stuff, but in biking, it's like, I've never not finished a race or I've never not finished something I set out to do on a trip or whatever. You know, it's like, if I'm going to do, well, I've had mechanicals and had to, you know, couldn't, could not finish, you know, but if I was able, like I wanted, there's been times I wanted to quit. I wanted to throw in the towel. I, I cried and felt bad for myself it hurt, you know, but it's like, well, fuck, I said I was going to do it. So, well, are you going to do it or not? And it's an interesting thing where like, you always are questioning yourself. Like how far can I push myself? Like, you don't know that you can ride across America. You don't know that. Yeah. You're just going to, every day you're going to go out there and you're going to push yourself and you're going to try to do it. You're going to hope that you can and hold good to your word, but yeah, you're going to push yourself and you're going to put your body and your mind in places it's never been before. And in those moments, you just have to say to yourself, can I go a little bit further? Yeah. And so far for me, at least the answer has always been, yes, I can go a little bit further. Yeah, totally. And I think there's, something good about going alone. People probably think that it's kind of crazy, but by me going alone, it's like, I'm the only one that's going to save me. And the only way I'm going to save me is pedal to that next town yeah. so I can get food and shelter. Yeah. You know? It's weird. It's like I'm running out it's, of water. I don't have food, whatever. You know? Yeah. It's survival, yeah. you know? And, um, the first time I really thought about that was, um, 
was actually when I was on that 200 mile bike packing trip with that guy John, uh, that Queen's Ransom. Those two do- other dudes it was three of us. Those guys were good. They were way ahead of me, way ahead of me. And we ended up riding at night, and I saw their lights way up on this hill. And all of a sudden, they rounded the corner, and they were out of sight. Mm. And I was like, I'm out in the middle of nowhere by myself, and I'm kind of scared shitless. <laughs> but I'm going to keep on moving forward because i got to find these dudes. you know, Because they know where they're going. Yeah. I had to load my Garmin. I followed the line, but... You know, I got to catch up to these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you what, those dudes, I had the same bike. And they congrats, and they were like, hey, if you want to, you know, if you ever want to cut off, there's a couple of cutoff points where you can quit or whatever. I said, no, no, no. And when I finally finished it, they go, congratulations for finishing it. And I'm going to give you an extra couple of thumbs up for doing it on that heavy-ass bike. What were they on? Um, the one dude had a hard tail with a, with a chalk in the front, but it was light. It was pretty simple, pretty simple. Mine was kind of loaded down a lot of stuff. Um, and the other guy had a full suspension, but his, his is pretty simple too. Mm-hmm. I think they were both do, doing the bivy. I had the one man tent, and, mm-hmm. but I think they, they had, they had a little bit more homework done than yeah. me at that time. Was that one of your more like, was that one of your earlier trips? Oh yeah. 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 That was the first real one. I went, I went right for the 200 miler. Yeah. Well, they say you pack your, your, your fears, you know, and that makes sense. I did oh, all, yeah. I've done it I, many, I, many a time. I like, had so many cliff bars in that fucking yeah. yeah. I got so sick of those things. Oh man. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. yeah I can't, I can't even, I haven't had a cliff bar in over a year or more. Like I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm tapped out on cliff bars. I've just decided, but that's what, I mean, that's what you do is like, you, the only way you get to a point of experience is through experience. Like you have to go and you have to do, and you have to put yourself in those situations that are uncomfortable and they're hard and you're going to learn every single time. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're going to learn something, yeah. you know? Yeah. I remember whenever I, I did that 500 mile race that I was telling you about, I came home and I, I was slow, you know? I mean, this, this was a huge, uh, a goal, a huge challenge for me that I was going to take on 500 miles. Most I'd ever done is like, I don't know, 150 mile overnight or something, you know? And, uh, I came, I came home from that trip and I weighed everything I didn't use, weighed five pounds, carried five extra pounds of weight with me on five, you know, for 500 mile, miles, you know, but I learned, I learned, you know, and, and from that I'm like, okay, well, I don't need that. I don't need that actually been like training my body to um go without food for longer periods of time so that i know what it's like you know i'll go on rides without eating you know fast and i'll go ride just just so that i know that i can you know i'm like teaching myself okay you can do this you know you can you can suffer a little bit more and and when you learn that you just have another tool in your bag where you can go and do whatever it is that you want to do yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think about that stuff too. Like I'll get to a town of like, oh, am I going to fill up with water or is there another town? Just can I make it to the next one? So I don't have to carry this water's heavy, you know? And, um, yeah, I probably carry too much water. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm like, if I have some mechanicals and I'm on the side of the road, I'm going to want, you know, 
it's going to take me longer to get to that destination if I got to walk the bike or whatever. I will give yeah. you that one. There's a lot of things I will cut, but water is not one of them. Yeah. I will never, ever cut on water. I, I went on, when I was at Big Ben Ranch State Park, some of the people there, I won't name names, were running like a liter and I got three, you know, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I don't, you know, they're just going to dehydrate themselves. Like they know what they're doing, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah I'll be fine. And, and, and maybe they're comfortable with that and that's cool. But like for me, the one thing I'm not comfortable with is going without water. Yeah, me neither. And I don't want to be on the side of the trail with the leg cramp being dehydrated you know you can't do you can't do anything without water that's yeah. that's the one um all right so tell me about your training going up to this so that we already know the longest route you've ever done was 200 miles what what was your training like you said you was on your brain in december you notified your next of kin in january <laughs> How did you train for this ride? I didn't. I didn't at all. <laughs> and um, I don't know if that was that smart, but here's the thing. Like I said, we had a wet winter. And um, and it was cold. And um, I didn't ride much beforehand at all. Believe it or not, like there was always something going on or it was it was crazy. Um, so I didn't, I, I got a couple of rides in up the hill, but nothing, nothing major. It was like, I guess I'm going to train myself as I go along, mm. you know, cause the first couple of days were, were kind of hard and each day got better and better and better. You know, it, it, you know, if you would have told me beforehand that I was doing back to back 80 mile days and stuff like that, I thought, no way. Mm. Cause I did a hundred mile ride with my buddies last july we started from the pier um of huntington beach rode all the way out to our to where i live area went up to santiago peak which is like 5600 foot um and then back it was like 106 miles i thought i was gonna die <laughs> you know um it's not a full suspension mountain bike and and you know there was a lot of road to get to the peak to the dirt area and stuff like that but it was a cool ride but man i mean but it was weird because then the next day i i thought i was just gonna be laying around stuff like that but that was a that was the day that i was like i could probably ride today i didn't i just i worked or whatever but i was like i i could ride today if i wanted mm -hmm. to you know so i think that's super important i'm glad you said that that's the one thing that I've learned. And I think it, it it's worth mentioning, like your body and your brain kind of get into patterns, right? Like, you know, every day you wake up, you're in a nice bed, you take a shower, you drink some coffee, you go to work. You, you, it's very easy to like get into that. If, if you put yourself in a position where you're asking more of your body and your mind, to produce more than you normally ask for at first, in my experience, at least at first there, it's going to rebel. Like all the warning bells are going to go off and you're gonna be like, Oh, I heard and this hurts and da da da. If you just keep going for two or three, I tell everybody it's like two or three days. Like if you just keep pushing for two or three days, 
on that fourth, fifth day, whatever it is, your, your body is and your mind are going to be like, Oh, okay. I guess he's not going to stop. I guess we got to keep going and you're going to tap into something you didn't even know you had. And you're just going to, your, your body's going to like catch up and it's going to be like, all right, I guess we're going, I guess we're going to keep pedaling. I I've done that so many times where you wake up and it's usually like for me, at least the first 10 or 15 minutes you wake up in the morning, you're like, fuck, dude, I'm so tired. My knees are hurting. My back hurts from sleeping on this rock wrong or whatever it is. And you just have, I mean, especially in your position, if you're bike packing, wherever you are, right? Like, what are you going to do? Just lay there? Like, you have to keep going. Yeah, you got to get moving. So you you keep moving, 10, 15 minutes in, you're like, oh, I'm actually okay. I'm actually, it's like, I mean, it kind of hurts, but it's really not that bad, right? Yeah, and once you get moving and get warmed up, man, you start thinking about solving the world's problems and you're off in another world, you know, (laughs) thinking about the pain. What do you think about while you're riding? Oh, my God. Solving the world's problems, you know, music, skateboarding. I thought a lot about skateboarding because, man, I'll tell you what, out here I see tons of ditches on the side of the road. And, um, man, I've been battling with myself about, like, I should have brought a board with me, you know, but it's just extra weight, mm-hmm. you know. So, But who knows, man, when I get to my next stop that I know somebody with a shop in Louisiana, you might see a board strapped to the front <laughs> of my bike. Are you still skating? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What kind of skating are you doing? So we we, we also talked about this. Like you and I both um, have done a lot of skating. For me, it was like, you know, 14 to 21. I was hardcore skater. But I'm like, now I, I just think I'm old. I'm going to hurt something, you know, like I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to take it back up, but you're 45 and you're still skateboarding. Yeah. And there's tons of people that are older than me, but I mean, it's not like I'm doing kickflips down 10 stairs or anything like that. You know, Yeah. I'm doing slappies on curbs. I go skate a bowl and just carve around and stuff, do little slash grinds and stuff like that. I'm just cruising. Having just having fun. fun. Yeah. 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 yeah, totally. I'm not setting the world on fire, but man, you know, I was in Fredericksburg. That park looked insane. Evergreen park, all f- super fun, flowy stuff. Um, I was in Austin. I, I hung out at that house park watching some guys ride and skate. And I was like, I need a fucking board. That park looked rad. Just kind of cruise around, you know. Um, so, like I said, man. I hope you get one. I'm not gonna lie. You already got 80 pounds in your bike. You might as well get a fucking board and go like shred some shit on your way. Yeah, I was talking to my skate buddy Aiden, and I was like, "Man, I might be getting a board." He goes, "I would," you know. And I was like, "You know, I'm used to riding kind of a bigger board." And I was like, "I'll just get a little bit smaller of a board, yeah. a little bit smaller of a truck, a little bit smaller of a wheel, so at least it'll save a little bit of weight." But Dude, I think you know, that would be awesome. You might be the first ever bike packing skateboarder. There, there's been a couple more. There, there, has? there, there has been. There was a couple of pro guys. I can't remember. It was something that Vans did. I can't remember who did it. Um, but they rode like in Australia or New Zealand, and they would ride all day, and they go from park to park, you know, um, which is pretty cool. And I can't even remember what it was a couple of years yeah. ago. Um, I'm but sure it's people pretty would rad. find it. 
yeah. vans, bikepacking, skateboarding. It's yeah. Really hard to find. Yeah, totally. And it, when I first thought about it, I thought, man, my legs are going to be so tired after 100 miles or whatever. And I kind of want to go skating and stuff like that. But it depends on the day, you know. There's certain days where I put in a fair amount of miles and I was like, my legs don't feel too bad. I could go carve around, mm. you know. So Skateboarding is a great workout. Yeah. Super good workout. Oh, yeah. My problem with it is I, I, I think I go too hard on skateboarding. And maybe that's the wisdom there that I need to learn is like, you're not yeah. 16 anymore. Like yeah. you just need to calm it down. The last time I like seriously rode a skateboard, I was 21 and I did a kick flip to board slide on like five step. Uh, it was, you know, it was just a concrete ledge. Was five yeah. Step, yeah. Five. Yeah. Concrete ledge. And I just, I don't even remember what happened, but somehow I came down on my knee my knee swole up to the size of a watermelon, you know, it's just huge. To, I mean, to this day, my knee, like when I ride, still bothers me. Like it, it rocked me really hard. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, that, that for whatever reason, like that did it for me. And I was that just was like, it. I'm, I'm done. It, I couldn't, I couldn't walk for six months like a normal person, you know? Oh. And so like once I, I don't know, I just, I, it was just a weird time in my life where I was like, all right, I'm, I guess I'm going to let this go, you know? Well, that's the other thing that worries me is like, if I do get a board and I get hurt yeah. on this trip, I'm going to be fucking bummed, you know? Yeah, that's a tough call. Because you get hurt skating. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's not like riding a bike. It's just, it's a different thing. Yeah. It'll slip out underneath you real quick and it'll leave Fall you. Fall on your wrist and snap that thing. Yeah. Like so many times. My wrists are so fucked up from skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so here's the situation. It is probably 10-ish o'clock at night, and uh, we just realized, actually, he was loading his bike on my, we, well, we were both loading my bike, his bike on my uh, rack of my truck, and we realized that he has two dings in his uh, rim, like dents from it actually was probably a, a, a result of like whenever you ran over that nail, yeah. your tire pressure was like super low and you probably hit some something. Yeah. Ding I was rim. going down a hill when I hit that nail. So I was moving. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. Yeah. So how it, it might have taken you a while to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, you and I were about to fix your bike. We're going to throw a new tire on there and bend the rim back and get you on the road. Cool. Sounds, Sounds like good a- to me. <laughs> well, not tonight. Tonight we're going to let yeah. you sleep. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to uh, drop him back off at the same place I uh, picked him up so he doesn't cheat on the route. I'm making sure. Yeah. Get him right back to the exact same spot. Nice. Be good to go, man. What are you, uh, before we go, what are you looking forward to on the route? Is there anything... Other than the finish, is there anything between Texas and Florida that you're, like, pretty excited about? Um, Just seeing some of the beaches, you know. Um, I guess, you you know, and there's a ferry ride that you take um, down by Louisiana and stuff like that. So, Really? The route takes you on a ferry ride? Yeah. Yeah. Dolphin Island down somewhere down there. Wow. Um, And I don't think I've ever been to Louisiana either. I mean, I live like three and a half hours away and I've never been either. Yeah. I've only driven through 
uh, a handful of times. Well, the one time I was going to do, I was on my motorcycle riding through here and I got hit by so much freaking rain. I was in Dallas or something like that or Houston. And I looked at my map ahead of me and then I turned on the news and the whole state of Louisiana just had a big cloud over it and it just said wet. And I said, well, I'm not going there. Yeah. Motorcycle and wet. Yeah. I, d- I, I just, I deferred up to Ohio to visit my folks and that was, I skipped it. So I have yet to hit that place up. So I'm not sure we talked about that, but where are, are we know you're going to Florida, but what's in Florida? Um, well, I'm going all the way to St. Augustine, but my mom and my stepdad actually moved down there. So they're going to meet me when I get to the end. Yeah. Hopefully my girlfriend and my daughter will fly out too, but that'd be awesome that we're looking into that. <laughs> you know, that's pretty neat, man. You ride from your home in California to your parents' house in Florida. Well, that's what I told her. I'm going to come visit. That's what I told well, her. You coming next week? You coming? Wait, we going to catch a flight? No, nah, I'm thinking I'm going to ride my bike, be there in like six weeks. <laughs> I, ex- I ex- told her that exactly. And uh, she kind of laughed. And I said, well, when I come visit you, I'm going to ride my bike there. So. Yeah. you Once you put it out there, man, not fucking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it. So I had to now do it. I got to do it. Yeah. Your mom is counting on you to be there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, earlier uh, today, I, I looked to my wife and I said, hey, uh, I'm going to go pick up a stranger and bring him home. And I'm glad I did, man. It's been uh, really I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to having a bike touring uh, whoever come through and get an opportunity to just provide for them give them a house, give them food, give them whatever they need and, uh, you know, have some good conversation and hear, hear about the, the journey. So I appreciate you sitting down and like sharing a little bit of your story and your experience with other people. Cause I think we need that, man. I think we need people to like go and do and, and share it so that other people can get inspired and go out and do it too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, I'm uh, I, I couldn't believe it. It's, to inspire people to go ride. I've gotten some comments on my Facebook or my Instagram stuff of guys that I know that kind of, they get locked into life and they're like, Hey, uh, you know, the other day I broke up my bike and I just, I rode it. Like usually I would just drive to the store or wherever they were going. And they were like, you know, I, 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 I got out my bike and I rode it as like a little adventure cause I'm so inspired about your story. It's so amazing to hear. God. That is I've a beautiful had multiple thing. people say yeah. that, you know, that's a beautiful, I mean that, that truly, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're growing yourself as a person, you're experiencing your living life. And at the same time, you're helping other people to get inspired to go and ride their bikes and, and experience more of this life. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if it gets any better than that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, if people want to keep up with you and follow, because you're only halfway through, man, you got more to go. So, like, if people yeah. want to follow you, keep up with what you're doing, uh, how can they find you? Um, so, on Instagram, it's it's Chris S. 1974, C-H-R-I-S-S-1974. All right, let's go fix your bike, man. Let's get you ready to head out tomorrow and uh, get back on the road. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. So as promised, I'm going to give you the rest of the story. Um, we recorded that episode. It's probably about 8 o'clock at night. And um, afterwards, we were going to take his rim over to my neighbor, who happens to be a phenomenal uh, mechanic and bikepacker and cool dude. Um, and so we took his, his rim over there because it's bent, and we are going to let Tom straighten it out. And while he was doing that, he realized that his rim had a bunch of hairline cracks right where the nipple, the um, spoke nipple goes into the rim. And Chris's bike weighed a lot, like we said on the, um, on the podcast. Uh, so he was not going to be going very far. Like he needed a new rim. Um, so it was probably about 1030 at night. And I sent a text to, uh, Andrew, our shop manager at my local bike shop, Agiland Cycling. And I got to give him and the shop a shout out because at 1030 at night, I sent him a text. He responded right away, got on their shop's inventory. He can do it at home from his computer, see what they had. He found some options that he thought would work. And um, the next morning, he met us up there before the shop even opened. And it turned out it was Andrew's day off. So came in on his day off. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning and by 12 the new wheel was built up and I was driving, driving him back to Navasota to get back on the route um, and I can tell you he was super grateful um, to everybody and I actually forgot to mention um, my buddy Ryan his so Chris's rear tire was just about shot um, completely worn out and he was running a 29 inch extraterrestrial 2.5, which is the exact same tire that my buddy Ryan had just taken off his, uh, his salsa Fargo. So I called Ryan, I was like, hey, can you help him out? And of course he said yes. So he gave Chris almost a brand new extraterrestrial. Um, I mean, and it was just such a cool thing to see like this little bike, biking, bikepacking community here in College Station, Texas be able to help Chris out and get him all dialed in and, and back on the route. And, you know, now he's pedaling across America um, and hopefully safely and on good equipment. And I know he was super grateful. I'm grateful for the experience. And I just want to give a shout out to all those guys who, who helped. Um, it was really neat. All right. So once again, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's bikes or death, Facebook, you can find me there. There's a new page, uh, for bikes or death and we are running i am running there is no we it's just me i'm running a special on patreon if you sign up for just a dollar a month i'll send you a sticker that's it one dollar you can even sign up for a month at a dollar and then unsubscribe a month later and you're still going to get it okay so that's that now go ride your damn bike <laughs>